three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast, a special baseball episode with our first and so far only recurring guest, uh, Brandon Brunson of TexasHighSchoolBaseball.com. Brandon rounds up the private school sector of that. He does a tremendous job. I mentioned to him before we started recording. I followed him since I was in high school and he, he does a tremendous job. So Brandon, thank you so much for coming back to the show and we really appreciate having you back on. How have things been? Been good. Thank you for having me again. It's it's absolutely an honor for you guys to have me back. Um, so thank you for what you do for private schools. I see you guys follow you as well on Twitter all over uh, football and you do such a phenomenal job there. So thank you for what you do. Oh, I appreciate that. It's mutual respect both ways. I forgot to introduce my my co-host, Walker Lott, but all of y'all know him already. Walker and I join you from College Station, Texas. Walker, just a, a brief rundown. How have you been? How have things been around College Station? I mean, I've been a little more relaxed. You know, the award show was kind of, you know, that's kind of done. So that's been good. And uh, trying to get the, all these awards ready to go, shipped out. But uh, it's been good, you know, not many tests. I mean, Wes, did you just get your ring somewhat recently? I did, actually. I, there I just you got go. The, I just Congratulations. Got I Congratulations. appreciate that. Congratulations. But, but, I mean, yeah, so we're going to jump right into it. We've had several people DM us and ask us where more baseball <laughs> content is. And to be completely honest, me and Walker are more football guys. You know, Ryan's the basketball guy. We don't really have a baseball guy on staff, so that's why we bring in the experts. So, Brandon, we'll just start off. I'll ask who has really impressed you so far. I'm looking at your rankings right now. There's Concordia Lutheran on top, Cornerstone Christian, which is a TCAF team, which surprised me at two, and then Southwest Christian at three, Central Catholic at four, Lutheran South at five. Those are kind of the some of the usual suspects. But what do you think about basically the teams that have risen to the top of the crop so far? Yeah, and and I had John Paul uh, up there at number two in the mm-hmm. preseason. Had some uh, Walker and I talked about this on the previous episode. Some transfers right. and uh, just loaded with talent. But you look at the top ten and they're all loaded with talent, right? So. Um, Concordia, I expected to be where they are, losing the championship game last year 1-0 uh, to a good Midland Christian squad, and they had uh, arms coming back. So they were the odds-on favorite for me to repeat. They're they're 19-4, and four, so they've been sailing along. They lost this week to St. Pius uh, in a 4-0 game. It was a beautiful wow. – uh, so Sean Fitzpatrick pitching against Kaysen Evans – uh, Evans is a sophomore for uh, St. Pius. Fitzpatrick is the uh, senior going to Arkansas next year. So wow. uh, the lines were incredible, right? It was uh, Evans was a two hit shutout uh, over six innings and struck out 10, I believe. So um, I- I've had some coaches in my ear saying, hey, don't forget about St. Pius. So <laughs> they've gotten on my radar uh, for sure. And that was that was kind of a marquee win for them. So uh and then Cornerstone's interesting. You're right, uh, Wes. It's a TCAF school, so when they get to um, district, it's just really not very good at all, right? There, right. there's just nothing there. So uh, Jason Stein is the coach there. He scheduled as well as he could in the preseason, up five A's, six A's in San Antonio. Played everybody he could. He's trying to get a game with Concordia. 
I'm trying to facilitate that game because I would love to see that head-to-head matchup. Oh, yeah. Um, so 31-2 and two is where they sit right now. I was just updating records. Um, so just trying to figure out where that fits in with, with TAPS and with SPC has, has been a little bit tricky for me. Right. I mean, that is interesting. I mean, trying to rank all these teams across divisions, you never really know how, like, SPC is going to stack up against TAPS D1 through D3 and then – TCAF obviously is throwing a wrench and everything. I will ask, I didn't mention this before, but how does that, because we do that with power rankings, but it, it's more, it's even to a higher degree with you doing this, trying to like, cr- like cross evaluate talent through division. So what's kind of the thought process behind that? And how hard is it to stack up a TAPS D1 team versus a TCAF team? Yeah, it feels, it feels almost impossible. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> It, it is. So uh, I, well, you said the phrase power rankings. I love that idea. And it made me think, well, maybe I could do a power ranking because I think there's some teams like even a division five school like Weatherford Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they won the state championship as freshmen. COVID knocked out their sophomore year. They won it as juniors, probably would have won it four years in a row. They're very talented. They could play against anybody and they will. Uh, like it would be all downside for a Concordia or a middle Christian to play Weatherford, but Weatherford would do it. And they would probably be able to compete just because they have the arms. Wow. Uh, so what I did, I just made a call and decided my big schools are going to be taps D one D two and the SPC knowing that the SPC has smaller schools. Um, but I don't want to get into separating that. So the lower, a small school I call small school is division three, four, and five of taps. So if we expand and, and, and we've been working on the website a little bit and, and perhaps expanding to TCAP and some other divisions, it's just going to complicate things for me, but uh, the schools and the kids deserve the coverage. So we're going to see what we can do, but that's how I've done it. Uh, knowing that there's a school like, for instance, Southwest Christian, uh, they're number three in the big school poll they they can easily play with the Concordias and the John Pauls and the division ones. Wow. Uh, without question. <clears throat> That's basically how we do it, Wes. You know, the same thing for rankings wise. I mean, we just have it luckily baseball uh, football for SBCs up as separated for a three. So it's a little luckier than y'all, but you know, that's how we do it. But yeah, yeah. it's almost the exact same. I, I'm going to guess that everyone is always very pleased with your rankings and you almost get n- always positive feedback. Would I be correct in assuming that? Uh, is that true for you guys? <laughs> oh, of course. Of course people always, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It's, it, I, it's funny. It's funny to be able to talk to someone that does the same thing. Cause I'm sure we go, we, we get very, very similar reactions to our power rankings. Yeah. So here's the thing though. Uh, baseball still takes the back seat to football. So there's not as many people paying attention, although I think we're, we're gathering some, uh, some steam and some support. So uh, I, I haven't caught a lot, haven't caught a lot of flack. It's funny that you ask it this week. I had two coaches that were on me. Won't say who they were because I like them both a lot. Uh, and, and they both texted me within about two hours of each other and they were not happy with me. Um, so I, yeah, I, and my response was, I do the best I can, and I'm I'm able to take the heat. I'm the one that did the ranking, so you're talking to the right guy. Exactly. Uh, and the that, best I can funny. do is put you back on the radar, take a look, <laughs> take a second look, like maybe I missed something, right? right. It, it's possible. 
So let me take a second look. Uh, and I'm not going to put you in there just because you you were upset with me, but I will promise to give you a fair shake in a second look if I'm in fact missing something. Walker, that whole process sounds sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that that is funny. I do want to hit on uh, your small school top 10 because we gave okay. a lot of love to the large schools, but obviously sometimes sure. the smaller schools fall under the radar. You have Bay Area Christian at one, Cypress Christian at two, Weatherford three, Ovilla Christian, a team I'm actually pretty familiar with at four, and Pantigo Christian at five. I'll ask before we get started, just on a personal note, I don't want to take too many sidebars. Are you are you familiar with a team that was called East Texas Christian Academy? faintly i do re remember the name yes it's funny they played in ovilla's division they were tiny they ended up they finished at taps 1a and they actually stopped existing like two years ago but i had a bunch of friends that went there and that's why i'm so familiar with ovilla and just okay. how phenomenal the baseball program they've been but back to the original conversation like give us just give us a rundown of what you think of some of these small schools that you think are are in this top 10 Sure. And honestly, this year, in previous seasons, a small school has been harder to figure out just for what you're saying, uh, Wes. There's, there's not as much information. It's hard to track down. Um, and that's still true for the divisions at large. But for the poll, it's really been pretty easy this year. Uh, Bay Area won the championship. They had almost everybody coming back. So they were odds-on favor to repeat. Cypress was loaded. One of them is going to knock the other one out before they get to the state tournament, the way the bracket is set up. That should be a state semifinal or final. It won't be. Um, Weatherford, really good. I already talked about Weatherford, how good they were. Ovilla is going to be right there with Weatherford. Um, they're, they're very good. Uh, Greg Hayes does a really good job there at Ovilla. They've got a lot of talent. That's another school that they would play anybody, anywhere, anytime, and they would give them a game. So Ovilla is, is really strong. Uh, Pantigo as well, having a really good season, 14-3 and three now. Uh, got, uh, got a kid committed to Stanford to play baseball, so that's big time. Uh, and then Classical is interesting, Midland Classical. Um, went and watched them a couple of times last, last year because they're in town. And, uh, man, I just – when I had eyes on them, I wasn't all that impressed. And they made it to the state tournament. Uh, and I doubted them in the final. I thought Rose Hill's going to win this game. And they didn't. Midland Classical wins the championship. And now they're sitting at 16 and four. They're going to roll through their district. Uh, and the bracket will set up favorably for them to make a comeback to wherever the state tournament's going to be, likely somewhere around Waco. So, um, and then Lubbock Trinity is another one that in the last couple of seasons has gotten really good. Uh, Justin Phillips has done a really nice job there. So they have dethroned what was the kind of de facto champion up there in Lubbock Christian. Uh, and it's been Trinity for the last couple of years and looks like it will be again this year. Yeah, that that's funny that I'm looking at all these schools and I'm not trying to bring this back to football because we talk about that enough, but all of these teams, almost all of them have football teams that went far in the playoff and are just very generally like good athletic schools. So I think that really speaks to the athletic directors and the overall programs at all these schools and just how talented they are. Walker, do you have anything you want to add from looking at the large or small school uh, lists? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I know we talked about it, I believe, right. That you, you know, last year Lutheran South beat SCS in the state championship, but you have like, does Lutheran South, you know, you have them at five, so it's not like they're so far down, but you have SES above them this year. 
you think SES has what it takes to kind of make the move maybe again to win it all this year? So I think they do, man. I, so I'm partial to coach beam. I like coach beam a whole lot. Coach beam's uh, a great guy. Coach beam. Man, shout out him. Yeah. But coach Snyder is too. Like I like coach Snyder a lot. Um, and the thing about LSA is, um, and, and I, so thinking back, I took a little heat on Twitter from, from a crowd, <laughs> from that crowd too, rightfully so. Like, why do you have us below anybody? We haven't proven that anybody can beat us. I'm like, well, that's true. That's kind of true. So uh, they always find a way to reload. They know, and Coach Snyder and the staff know how to prepare a team for the state tournament. So there won't be any surprises for those guys. Uh, but then you look at you look at Southwest. Coach Beam's been there before as well, so yeah. he knows what he's doing. Uh, and they just they have some talent. You know, Xander McAfee is is one of my top ten seniors uh, this year. And they've got some other kids, uh, Will Johnson, Luke Buchanan. They can throw it. They can hit it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's going to be – I think both of them will make it to the state tournament. In fact, that would be a really nice final game again. Yeah, I bet. I mean, hey, Wes, I guess we have to make a road trip to somewhere soon. But I'm here for it. I mean, we're, we're, we're an all-sports podcast. I'm down for more driving. Absolutely. Got to figure out where it is first. We don't yeah, even know exactly. Well, shoot, we we I guarantee you we probably driven farther than wherever it is. So yeah. we're, we're we're good at traversing the state. And uh, giving some giving some love to the SBC schools. How do you look at? Because I know you isn't it North versus South? Is that how they do it in the end, right? Or they yeah. do something like that? Something like that. So how how you look in? Uh, how you look in there? So interesting question. I went to their website last night to see if they posted anything about how they're going to do it. Last year, it was a truncated tournament. They, they just took the top two from the North, two from the South and played it off. Usually they take almost everybody, I think. Maybe, maybe they leave out one or two. So it's a bigger bracket. Uh, they haven't posted anything about it. So I don't really know what's going to happen there. I do know this. Um, Kincaid is, is the team to beat. The South is still the division to beat. So it's Kincaid and Episcopal. Uh, I, was, I was pretty high on Fort Worth Country Day, and they're still good. But Oak Ridge, uh, for me, mm. has been the surprise. They, they are 15-2. and two. They've already beaten Country Day. So I think Oak Ridge now, along with Trinity Valley, are the two teams to beat with Fort Worth Country Day just right there with those two. Gotcha. Awesome. One thing, one thing I do want to bring up is is Second Baptist. I actually went to their opening game versus John Cooper just because I'm I'm a huge Coach Pirtle fan. I know he's not the head coach, but he's on staff there. I mean, I I played for him when I was younger, and I just like Second Baptist and John Cooper. So I went to go watch that. Second Baptist won like fifteen to one, but everyone knew that was going to happen. But it was more just the the talking I heard around from fans is that it sounded like this season was going to be state championship or bust. I mean, they were very high on the team they've had. I mean, looking through max preps, they they've done all right. They lost four to St. Pius. They picked up some, some good wins, but they, let me see their record. They are 12 and five. They're a, in your large school top 20. And there's about three or four taps to two schools above them. So what do you think um, about the performance second Baptist has had so far? Not, not bad at all, but what do you think their chances are moving forward and their aspirations for a potential state championship? Yeah. So I think they're right there with Lutheran South. Uh, they actually, so they, they, they swept two from the Woodlands this week. So now they've moved to 14 and five uh, oh, and no. defeated oh, one no. of the better teams in the district. So 
Yes. With that. So with that sweep of, of the woodlands this week, uh, it sort of confirmed what I was thinking about second Baptist. Uh, and, and so I think it's Lutheran South and second Baptist are right there. And again, Woodlands Christian right in there with those three. Uh, that's a tough district. You get all the way down. Uh, Fort Bend is a pretty good baseball team. Uh, but when you've got Lutheran South and you've got the Woodlands Christian, um, it, it's, it's a tough, tough district five down there. No, it really is. It'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. I'm excited. I think I might have to go and watch some of that, some of those D five playoff games. I really are just whoever makes it out of there. I really would be interested to see how they perform in the postseason. Walker, you have anything else, dad? No, I think that's a good way to keep going. So one thing I do want to say in, on the basis of individual players, we'll start, we'll start with large school. Who has really impressed you? Cause I want to give, we've talked a lot about teams, but not a whole lot about individuals. So who, who has really stood out to you? Anyone from large school? Yeah. Um, so that pitching staff at Concordia was Sean Fitzpatrick, um, Alex, Pe- Alec Petrovic. And um, so they got one coming back, uh, uh, Jax Traeger, Nolan's the catcher, his, his younger brother, Jax, uh, was pitching in the, the uh, state tournament last year, hurt his elbow. He's about back. He's going to TCU. So they've got three guys, Arkansas, Auburn, and TCU, that they can roll out on the mound. And so when you do that, uh, man, it, it's one game series all the way through. They can, they can throw that one, those one guys out there uh, also, a young man named Owen Collins, who, who's pitched quite a bit for him. So those are some individual performers that I've been watching. Cason uh, Evans, I uh, had him on my list as well at St. Pius. He's a sophomore through that phenomenal game to beat Concordia. Um, and so those are the ones I mentioned. Xander McAfee uh, at Southwest Christian, really like him. Dad was a, a big league player, so he's been around the game, knows the game, uh, and, and good kid. So uh, that's it. You, you guys will need to keep a watch on this name, Jack Paris, uh, out of Kincaid. So he's a freshman this year, uh, starting on the varsity and throwing some innings. He'll oh, he's the Texas he, A&M. Yeah, he's the Aggie commit. The Aggie commit. Hmm. That's right. Um, and then Carson Queck at the Woodlands Christian uh, is another is another really strong player. I've been watching. Uh, John Paul has a couple of kids. Derek Mitchell's one of those. Uh, Theo Kummer is another one. Um, so yeah, just, uh, Oh, here's another one for you. Uh, Brentwood Christian, Seth Taylor. Mm, in uh, Austin. Seth Taylor, yeah. At Austin. So he's, he's on top of the private school charts right now. 97 strikeouts. Just got the updated total from, uh, coach Daigie this afternoon. So, uh, he's, he's throwing really well. They have another kid named Jack spring, uh, who's doing really well too. So, um, and then Brook Hill, you mentioned Brook Hill, Wes. So they've got a couple of arms, Grayson Murray and Kate Chesley, uh, who are both really good. I got to see those guys in person early in the season. Uh, and it was, it was shaky then, but things have just rolled along for those guys. They've got a, uh, let's see, I've got them at 12, 19 and three record. So uh, those it's are the funny. ones that come to, to the top of my mind. Not to interrupt you, but it's funny you bring up Grayson Murray. I actually covered him at a basketball tournament. Um, actually, a tournament, a couple other games when I was in town. 
um, over over Christmas break. He's a very good basketball player as well, but I always knew and heard that he was better at baseball, but I haven't gotten a chance to cover him. So I know he's a tremendous athlete, but that's that's interesting you say that. And just we were talking off air about Brook Hill and just kind of they've always had a tremendous baseball program. So it's interesting to see them see them in the hunt and see if they can make any noise in the postseason in D2. For sure. He was my pitcher of the week. I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, the only recollection I had of them, they came here to play football one year, playoff game came all the way from Brook Hill here to Midland to play. And it was, it was awful. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that drive is awful. I will say, I will say it's always, it always seems to be for the Tyler schools, the, the last school to sneak into the playoffs, their reward is a death sentence, eight hour drive to Midland to get whooped uh, and then drive right back. I experienced that once as well. So it, it's know. always, it's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we. But, I was talking to that. So the the uh, I was talking to Coach Kishnick at Fort Worth All Saints uh, after their game here on on uh, Thursday night, and they're talking about that. So they're going down to Division Two, uh, All Saints, Midland, uh, Liberty. They're all going down, and they're already talking about the district schedule for next year, and and they want to play these three game series. I'm like, yeah, man. I, I'm so I'm like apologizing. I'm so sorry. Midland's the one that messes that up. You have to come out here. If it wasn't for Midland, you could set up these series and it would be pretty easy. But when you have to factor in that, it just is what it is. So I don't know how they're going to work it out. Texas is just too big of a state. There's just there's just too much ground to cover to, to get across the whole state. Midland's always uh, Midland and the Lubbock schools have always proven that. I remember well, I remember like in basketball, we would always do like when we did our away game at Midland my freshman year, we would do the Midland trip and then also go just go back up to Lubbock yep. and just do all away games at one time. So you could do that technically, something like that, but. You could, and and we just need, so it's going to be closer with Midland dropping down. Trinity's at three, at, at division three. Midland will be at two. Lubbock Christian's at three. Uh, so classical here is still smaller. I don't think they're ever going to get big enough, but. There are enough schools out here. If they had the numbers, you could have a West Texas district at some point. So we'll see what happens with, with public schools and kids moving. I think some of them, like Midland Christian, I know is happy with their size. Uh, I would suspect Lubbock Christian and Trinity are too. So it probably is just going to be what it is. Yeah. I would actually vouch for, I would love to see a West Texas district. Cause I've never seen it. I don't think there's any ever been anything like that in private schools. And I'd really like to see how that would, how that would end up panning out. There is not. And, and, you know, Midland Christian for the longest time didn't play Lubbock Trinity. And in the last couple of years, they've started playing and realized that Trinity is a competitive game for them. It's not, um, uh, it's not a throwaway. So uh, it just, we've got to get those school sizes closer. Uh, before yeah. before you see something like that but I'm with you Wes it would be fantastic and the Dallas schools would love it I know <laughs> a lot a lot lot less driving but to, to, to transition we just talked about some of your top players from the large schools let's just flip the script real quick who are some guys that have impressed you from these smaller schools that might get overlooked a little bit just because of they're not taps d1 or d2 sure uh, the, so the first one that comes to mind is at Bay Area Jordan Medellin uh, he's a senior this year going to Baylor, uh, play baseball at Baylor. So he's really good. Uh, Adam Atwell and Grayson Thalman are also right there at, at Bay Area. Uh, you got Cole Weisenbaker at Cypress. Uh, in, in Weatherford, you got Rand Green and um, Ethan Smith, who are 
towards the top of the strikeout list, uh, leading that team. Uh, so, uh, and then we already mentioned Court McDonald at Pantego. Uh, is going to go to Stanford and play baseball. So, uh, Classical's got a couple of kids, Charles McMillan and Court Miller. Court Miller uh, is their is their number one starter. He's going to play ball here at Midland College. So uh, that that's a pretty big deal for Classical. Um, you know, I think I mentioned this with Walker before. This this whole idea of JUCO baseball. People think it's got to be a D one school, and JUCO is just uh, for the leftovers. And man, that JUCO ball is so good. Uh, kids can. Uh, if they think they're draftable, the JUCO route is a really good route to go because they retain their draft eligibility. So they could actually be drafted and end up in a place like Midland and then go back in the draft again. So uh, it's, it's a level of baseball that I don't think people fully understand. Um, but it's a great route, especially for a smaller school kid like a Court Miller who hadn't been seen. He's right here in town. The inside scoop there would be Midland doesn't have to use a scholarship on a local kid. So they can use a different scholarship, bring somebody else in. Uh, Court's going to be a part of that team and play. He's, he's that good. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think I do think, and that's just a general sports thing. A lot of people do think it's D one or bust and Juco's get overlooked in every sport. And if you just go to a Juco sporting event and you look at the talent on the field, you will very quickly understand it is not D one or bust. You can find scouts know that too. You can find talent at any level. If you ball out, they'll find you. And I think you bring up a good point that people think it's D one or bust, but in the end, it's not at all. It's I mean, not. And, and I've, I've been, I've been doing the play by play for Midland college for the last uh, month or two. So I get to to do the broadcast to see those kids and Midland's number one starter is a kid named Luke Young and the Yankees have been out here watching him. So they find you uh, it, it, Juco route is a good route to go. It's good baseball. Yeah. I mean, we literally had Quintero on, you know, a couple episodes ago doing the, we had a, so one of his friends from Grace community is named Alex Quintero. He's a punter, you know, a specialist guy for uh, Grace went to uh, blend Juco down here in Brenham mm-hmm. and, uh, he could have went somewhere, but, you know, wanted to get more film, get some more experience. And, you know, now is at Indiana. So it's, it's great to see like guys like that, just make it big, but, you know, do that route. For sure. Oh, for sure. But basically, okay. There is a question I do want to ask. So Concordia seems to be head and shoulders, the favorite in D one and overall, am I correct in assuming that? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> There's that was a, a, I put you on the spot a little bit, but I, that's just what I'm noticing from looking at records and other stuff. So I would say they're the odds on favorite. Um, um, yes, I would say that. Okay. So to, to further on that, who do you think has the best chance in division one to knock them off? I see centrals right there. I see Preston Woods right there. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just curious to see like who in terms of a matchup probably would have the best chance of taking down Concordia. And I know actually looking at records and stuff, it's probably not as, as big of a gap as I made it seem, but I'm just curious to see who, who would make it competitive up in D one for Concordia. Yeah. And I, I, I have, a, I have some suspects or some prospects for you. And one of them is John Paul that I mentioned. Uh, hmm. So John Paul, for sure. Uh, they've got another kid. Uh, I think he's a sophomore, Jack Frankel already signed to Mississippi state. Uh, so they've got a good arm there. They got Derek Mitchell, who at times has been ranked as the number one outfielder in his class. So they have they have some really strong talent there at John Paul. So they they have a shot at it. Preston Wood does too. So a name I didn't mention, uh, 
is at Prestonwood, Trenton Shaw, big 6'5 left-handed pitcher who is on the draft radar as well. He's signed to go to Oklahoma State, uh, but he is draftable. Um, if, if he's on, gets the control on, he is almost unhittable as well. So if you get – so they can match up arm, with, arm for arm uh, at the top of the rotation, as can John Paul. So there's going to be uh, – you're not going to see – so I've been, I've been broadcasting some JUCO games. You talk about good baseball, but it ends up 25-23 kind of games. <laughs> so what you're looking at with a – if you see a Concordia John Paul, a, play, a, a Preston Wood Concordia – you're going to be looking at a 3-0, 3-1 kind of game. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be pitcher's duel would be my expectation. So in Division One, I think the most likely uh, candidates to, to challenge Concordia uh, would be Central Catholic, uh, along with Preston Wood and John Paul. Uh, uh, Liberty's playing better out here. Midland's okay, but neither one of them, I don't think, is quite yet on that level. Uh, Billy Jordan's doing a great job at Liberty. He's building uh, something that's going to be really good. Uh, but just I don't think this year is going to be their year in, in District 1. I think it's going to be a District District 2, District 4 year. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All, all of that is, is very, very interesting, especially to guys aren't, who aren't me, Walker, who aren't specifically baseball guys, just to get kind of the rundown and see where everything's going to stack up and why. So, I mean – and I'll just I'll, I'll finish with small schools, Bay Area Christian, obviously, Bay Area and Cypress are right there. Who else in Division three do you think is is really, really going to be competitive with those guys? Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be Lubbock Trinity. I think they're going to find their way back. Um, so I was thinking about this earlier. I, I had a conversation and I, I probably shared this with Walker even last year. Uh, so Justin Phillips at Trinity. They played everywhere. Like he took a Tuesday game in San Antonio against San Antonio Christian. I said, why did you do that? He goes, I want my kids to play in every place they can geographically at every time they can. I want them to play a 10 o'clock game. I want them to play the three o'clock game. I want them to play a nine o'clock at night game. So that if we get to the state tournament, you never know what's going to happen. The weather changes things. You have to move it up. You have to move it back. You're playing teams from different geographies. You don't just play in West Texas. You don't just play in Dallas. So he wanted to play in every geographical area he could. And it pays off. They get to the state tournament. They just happen to run into Bay Area, right, and, and lose a 3-1 ball game. So um, I think they'll figure out a way to get back there because he knows how to get them there. Um, Pantigo also, I think, could do that. You know, if you have a Stanford commit going for you, you're you've you're a lot better than a lot of them so i think those are the most likely uh prospects to knock off a bay area but i think it's probably going to be i think it still comes down to bay area or cyprus that would that would probably that makes sense that would probably be my guess as of now with my very very limited knowledge all of which i just gained from you that's my entire baseball <laughs> background this this year but walker is there anything you want to hit on before before we exit this baseball episode yeah i mean what 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 what's what's your attention looking at right now for the future what what are you excited about coming up is there any like matchups you're excited for or anything down the road you're looking forward to yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rematch between Preston Wood and Plano John Paul. 
Um, looking forward to Second Baptist. They they still have they they played the Woodlands, uh, but they'll have Second Baptist coming up. So that one's going to be on the calendar uh, coming up pretty soon. So that would be one to watch for sure. Um, and then uh, Kincaid and Episcopal and the SBC they're gonna they're gonna knock heads here pretty soon. So I'd be I'd be looking at that one as well. Um, honestly, so this is outside of the scope of teams and players. I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting, as we mentioned, the SBC bracket. And then where are we going to do this state tournament? Uh, we're, we're probably going to be somewhere around Waco. Um, but I don't yeah. know. And I'm also, I mentioned this, I'm trying to uh, facilitate setting up that game between Cornerstone and Concordia. Uh, and they, they've got an open date coming up. Both of them have an open date coming up later in April and, and I've put them in contact and I keep checking in with them. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> That's a selfish motive. I want to see what <laughs> play. So um, that would be it. And then uh, yeah, LSA and um, LSA just swept uh, Fort Bend, but the LSA Sega Baptist thing that that's, that may be the biggest one coming up. For sure. Yeah. Hey, we all have our selfless match matchups we want to see. So I told, I totally get it. I want to see in football second Baptist versus SES. That's what I want to see. Cause they yeah. both made out because I wanted to see who was best after DC, but you don't get that these days. I don't, I don't have that poll just yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's all I really wanted to ask. So, yep. so I mean, I'm, Unless there's anything else that you want to hit on, I think that's basically everything that we needed to cover today. We uh, we said we were going to do um, early preseason, and then once district started to finish up, we do that. And then most likely I would like to do an episode once everything wraps up, either towards the end of playoffs or once everything's over, if that's all right with you. Yeah, either way, I'd be, that'd, that'd be great if you want to do one going into, into the playoffs or, or right out of it. I'm, I'm happy with whatever you guys want to do. It's I not mean, even up to us at this surprised. point. We have so many people asking to bring you back. I mean, we're our hands are tied, whether we want to or not. You got to be back on. And well, hey, I think we'll be an honor for sure. And I think we'll probably be there at the state championships. We could do a live episode us three and talk baseball for a bit okay. at the state championships. So I think that would be really fun to do. Man, uh, whatever you guys want to do, I'm I'm in. I, you you I'm sold on y'all. So. Oh, without a doubt. So that has been the episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. You can find Brandon Brunson at TexasHighSchoolBaseball.com and on Twitter at PSTXHSBaseball. We will have both of those on screen. Brandon, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. You are, yet again, our first and only reoccurring guest. And I like to think that's for a reason. He does a tremendous job. Yet again, thank you so much. Yeah, Wes Walker, thank you guys so much as well. So this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one.